Suffolk Pod Show is produced and managed by podtalk.co.uk. I'm Mark Mason. And I'm Susanna Hornby. Episode 28. Susanna talks to sisters Sophie Weller and Bethany Wright, international ballet stars and founders of NNS Lifestyle. First, let me introduce Sophie. Sophie is founder and director of the London Ballet Company, as well as co-founder of Norfolk and Suffolk Lifestyle. Hello, Sophie. Hello. Thank you. We're really excited to be on the show. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. And Bethany. Bethany dances with the Parisian Cabaret in Paris, runs a children talent agency, and also co-founder of Norfolk and Suffolk Lifestyle. Hi, Bethany. Thank you for having us. It's really great to be here. Well, like I just said, it's lovely to have you both. I mean, it's a real privilege to talk to one international ballet star, let alone two, and sisters. <laughs> um, Sophie, can we start with you? How did dance start in your life? When I was a little girl, I would sit at the back of my older sister's dance classes and watch with my mum. Mm-hmm. And I was mesmerised and inspired by her. And I just couldn't resist that temptation to get up and prance around myself at the back of the room, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> and uh, so at three years old, I was then old enough to start dance classes myself for mm-hmm. fun. We travelled to New Zealand uh, and then on to Australia um, for a large portion of our childhood years. Um, and that was just for, my, for our dad's work. Mm. And we've got a lot of family over there as well, which was nice, aunts, uncles and cousins. Mm. And we were abroad for 11 years total, I think. Bethany, correct me if that's not right. Sounds about (laughs) right, I think so. Lost track. And I was dancing as a hobby uh, in New Zealand and Australia every day after school. So our lovely mum was the the taxi service there. (laughs) And, and, Mm. And then when I was 11, I decided to start full time training in Australia on the Gold Coast. So which entails a 7am start yeah. in the studio. So our teacher would politely ask us to go for a little jog before that. So 6.30am, we were up and down that hill, whatever temperature <laughs> it was. It is cold sometimes in the early morning in the winter there. And finish at three in the afternoon when it got too hot in our uh, aluminium shed of a studio. And then I would carry out long distance learning, which mm. is where you, you're sent your schoolwork in the post and you complete it and you send it back. Mm. And in Australia, so the work ethic there is immense. If you've got a goal or a dream, you'll achieve it. If you've got the passion and the drive, that's sort of their mentality over there. It's it's quite astounding and it's amazing to have mm. experienced that. There's no excuses. Every body, you know, actual body is different and you, you work with your own body to achieve the best that you can. Mm. And it's all about the mindset there. So I'm, I'm really glad to have experienced that um, in Australia. And that's what I took of having lived over there for about six years. So then after that, when I was 13, I travelled on my own to the UK before my whole family relocated back over here Mm. to successfully audition for a prestigious full-time dance school called Elmhurst. And this is also a boarding school. Mm -hmm. So this was a really um, exciting but rather scary at the same time experience as I was a minor. And I had one of those UM unaccompanied minor badges on. That was quite fun, going around the airport and being ushered by the air hostesses and things. And, well, I was really excited to come over firstly because our elder brother, he had relocated 
a little bit before us to carry on with his um, tennis training sessions. Mm. So I was excited to come over and see him. So that helps me uh, pluck up that courage on my own. Mm -hmm. So I successfully auditioned for Elmhurst and the whole family relocated back to the UK and I went to the boarding school. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was an amazing experience. I was lucky enough to be taught by the famous Russian ballet star Erek Makamadov. And I was training alongside Melissa Hamilton, who's now a first soloist at the Royal Ballet. So um, it's uh, it was a really lovely experience. Mm. Um, very intense because I was also that age where you do your GCSEs. So I was um, doing the GCSEs at the same time. The boarding school is it was really well equipped as I joined when their new premises in Birmingham had just been complete mm. so it was a brand new state-of-the-art facilities amazing massive and I do wonder if that sneaky engraving I put in my bedroom is still there I'll uh, <laughs> to read it one day wow you didn't tell me that one <laughs> <laughs> no no some things are, are left for myself <laughs> Elmhurst is an incredibly special school I mean it's one of the most well-known international ballet schools in the world it is yes and it's um associated with the birmingham royal ballet so Mm. they've got a tight connection with a a ballet company which Mm. is really ideal when you're training vocationally um it's good to have those connections you Mm. get lots of opportunities therefore when you're in your final years of training Mm. um so yes it was a lovely school to have experienced and i learned a lot from there so after after that i spent a year at the hammond school up in chester um where it's a very versatile school and you learn all styles of dance before I successfully auditioned for Rombe School in London, mm-hmm. which is where I carried out my final three years of training. And this is a vocational school where you, you actually receive a BA after completion. Right, yes, and of course. Yeah, it's, it's really certainly treated like a university whereby if you've got the work ethic and the passion and the drive, you'll do well throughout the, the three years of training. They aren't there to spoon feed you at this pace. So it's really you put in your effort and whatever you put in, you'll get out of it. Mm. So you're there to take as much from the classes and training as you can. But in other ways, it's not like a university at all because there's far too many hours in the week where you're in the studio present and training mm. for it to slightly resemble the the normal, quotation marks, universities that I've heard of anyway, where they do a few hours a day or every couple of days or something. So there's so many hours that's where it differs I think for a a normal university. That is just fascinating and what an incredible start you had. I'm I'm just in awe slightly slightly speechless so Bethany help me out tell me tell me about you what how did you end up in in ballet and dance and musical theatre? Um so similar kind of situation really I followed my older sisters to dance class and um same as Sophie I was probably watching her she was watching the one older than us Mm. and yes when I was I had a bit of a different start I didn't do the long distance education I went to a dance class in the morning when we're in Australia then I went to a school and sometimes had dance after school Mm -hmm. and when we moved over to England I went to auditions I went to quite a few different ones trying to establish where I wanted to go really Mm. And I ended up going to the Hammond where Sophie did a a year of the professional course, Mm. which is also boarding school. Um, I was a a day pupil, though. Um, And I started there in year seven. So at the Hammond, you do all the styles. You start, you do ballet, tap, jazz, contemporary. Mm. You also do lots of singing and acting as well Mm -hmm. in the lower school. 
And then after that, I went from year seven to 11 at the Hammond. And then I auditioned for the professional course. Like Sophia, there's a lot of different establishments around the country. Mm. But I ended up staying at the Hammond to do the three-year course. And yeah, really enjoyed that. That was quite intense as well. You start at 8.30, you finish at 7. Mm. And uh, you don't get many breaks at these. No. At these, <laughs> you're literally dancing from. For, you get uh, two 15-minute breaks. I remember as I was thinking about it last night. Two 15-minute breaks and then 45 minutes for lunch. And aside from that, you're dancing the rest of the hours. You also have uh, a lot of written work. And that's um, extraordinary. I mean, yeah, different things. Yeah, I mean, as teenagers too, you need more sleep. That didn't happen. You didn't have lions. <laughs> no, no, none of that. Yeah, so it's really intense. So that's from the age of 16 to 18 mm. when I graduated there. So yeah, studying dance and musical theatre, it was it's nice to be versatile. I'm I'm quite tall. And through all my years, everyone said, you don't want to do ballet. You're too tall to do ballet, aren't you? I had that all my life. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed uh, focusing on the different styles. And it definitely opened up a few um, a few more doors for me as I, as I graduated. Mm. What did you lean towards, Bethany? Was it ballet or, or, or would you say, no, actually, I preferred, I don't know, hmm. acting? So, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's funny because I do really enjoy ballet and contemporary. Um, yeah. And it's still really a main focus. We have ballet classes every day. You have to get the technique base for any style. It's really the core of all dance ballet. So I did. I did. And when I graduated, I ended up uh, performing uh, with Sophie. We'll talk about that later, probably. Yeah. Uh, but I did. I really liked, you know, more up tempo, fast music like jazz and modern, and mm. also loved tap. And that was probably. Yeah, how the direction I wanted to sway towards when I graduated. Yeah, and graduating. I mean, I'm just about to to ask both of you about that. Must be an enormous leap from being, albeit training extremely hard, but always being sort of costed in an inside education. You have to make this enormous step into the real world. Sophie, what happened after being at the Rumba? In the the final year at Rombear, I um, had the opportunity to work with Rombear Dance Company. So see mm. those links with a, an established vocational school to a to a company is really special um, mm. because I got to to work with them on a, a dance piece called Alina Curva. Um, so that was really great um, to experience that performance and working with a company. Um, and I also, in my final year, went over to. Germany and performed with Elo Temple Company over there. Yeah. So I had experienced that. And um, then I soon after decided to set up my own company. But when you complete your final three years of training, you graduate, you feel so enriched and pleased that you made it. Mm. And there's a small portion of aspiring dancers who simply drop out of the training program and, and don't make it to the end. But if you do, you've got that lovely sense of achievement. But after this flourishing sense of achievement, you, you suddenly get hit by this wave of uncertainty and you're sort of left alone to your own devices because it, there's not really an agency for you to join to audition for dance companies, so to speak. You need to do your own research um, and find your own auditions that suit what, what you want to do, really. Mm. Some teachers suggest that you audition for, for everything that you come across and see what happens. And I believe that to an extent, but it's expensive and auditions happen all over the world. So you do need a little piggy bank for this um, if you're planning to audition for everything that you come across. And there's plenty of performing jobs out there. There's performances at events, for example, and this is where 
where you can find agencies to join for this. Mm. So just like Bethany's Live from London business, which you might talk about a little bit later, um, which does just that. Um, it's an agency for performers to audition for different jobs that come up at events. So weddings, corporate events, functions, summer parties, all that jazz. Mm -hmm. So if you are one of those lucky ones that gain a contract with a company or for an event, then this is a really great beginning for you to start the build-up of your CV. Mm -hmm. And those with those golden ticket contracts are of varying lengths. So you could get a one-month contract or a one-year contract, and then you go back into the pool of auditionees, hunting for their next job again. Mm. And then whilst the new batch of recent graduates join you in that pool as well. So, yes, it's a bit of a, you, you gain a contract, then you're back into that pool of everybody trying to find the next job. Mm. Um, so it's really tough. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, the highs and the lows must be extraordinary. Mm. I would recommend applying for a dance company as an intern if you were looking to go down that route, because mm. it seems to be quite a successful way in which dancers for my ballet company for example mm. then would join as a company artist after a period of time so they've had the experience with the company and then they get that opportunity to see how we function how we work and develop into our style of performing and then um, that's that's how they seem to end up getting the job. Mm. Talk about your you know your own huge highs what would you say was um the most, uh, well, the most special job you've ever done? Ooh, I've had a really wonderful time over the past 10 years in my professional dancing career so far. And one of my main highlights, I think, has been performing with the world famous Basement Jacks. Mm -hmm. And I've toured the UK with them and America. And we did a, a UK tour and we travelled around in one of those really plush, kitted out tour buses, um, which was so much fun. It had a lounge with a TV mm -hmm. and unlimited movies and game consoles, like a fitted <laughs> kitchen and beds. Um, it was just amazing to, to experience that and how some other performers live in this world and how they get around uh, with their performances. Uh, I think there were about 15 of us or so there. And the end of that UK tour, we were performing in all the O2 uh, venues around the UK. Mm. And the final one was the, the main one, of course, in London, holding 20,000 audience members. So that was amazing. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, after that, we in America, that was just incredible performing at the Hollywood Bowl in LA and in Central Park in New York and Washington as well yeah um and and that was my first trip ever to America so it was a total dream of an mm -hmm. experience and uh, we fitted all of that in with those that tour in the space of a week so we were jet lagged performing traveling around it was just incredible yeah. so that was sort of one of my main ones and it's also such a great time when um, Bethany and I get to perform together mm. uh, we, we have an absolute whale of time and we we try very hard not to make each other laugh sometimes yeah I don't know <laughs> what it is just something happens in a professional situation we just give each other the eye and that's it <laughs> it's game over for everyone we're crying laughing it's just oh, it's oh, a strange one no one understands why not even ourselves yeah don't know it just happens <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we had a really great time in uh, in Bari in Italy a few years ago. Yeah, um, New Year's Eve, um, we had an event over there together. So it was great to be able to travel together, be paid for it, and perform, mm. do what we love, um, and yes, yeah, spend New Year's Eve together. Because I've I've done a Christmas over in Turkey one time, and um, it was beginning of 
December until New Year's, I think a few years after New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I missed my first Christmas with my family ever. Mm. And uh, I'll never forget <laughs> it. I just felt like I didn't get a Christmas that year because mm. we, we were definitely not eating a roast over in Turkey. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't think they celebrate Christmas Day like no, we do, to no. be honest. It was all geared towards the new year. Mm. And um, I was just not impressed by that. <laughs> no. We've got our traditional Christmases always with the family. We've got our schedules that we write out and what we're going to do all day. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the most important day of the year. That's it very is. serious. <laughs> it really is. I like a bit of planning. That's that's brilliant. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Bethany, when you came out of the Hammond, you had. L- lots of different skills obviously does that make it even harder to decide what you actually wanted to do yeah I think I definitely had an advantage when I graduated so when Sophie graduated she was probably a bit like okay now what apart from uh, joining from there and going to Germany Mm. but because I Sophie had already started her company she already had a lot of contacts in the industry Mm. I actually did my first job I was still training um, but I did my first job at the London Olympic torch relay and Sophie and I did that together uh, which was really fun yeah I had a few, quite a few contacts from Sophie already. After that, when I did graduate, I danced with the London Ballet Company with Sophie, and that looked great on my CV. So mm. I already was quite a, a step or so ahead from everyone who graduates, really. Mm. So I did two performances with Sophie dancing with the London Ballet Company in London, mm-hmm. and I got my first job. That was probably like my first uh, own contact job uh, dancing in the south of France in Saint-Tropez which was a cabaret called L'Opera and so I was was 19 and moved over to the south of France for a six-month contract Mm -hmm. and that was yeah it was it was actually one of one of the highlights of my career I just had such a good time I didn't really know much about the industry or know anyone that I was working with you just move over I did GCSE French so I did think that I had a grasp on the language but (laughs) turns out turns out I definitely did not have a clue when I got there yeah and um, now you're more fluent than me and uh, I was never fluent but you know a lot more than I do Um, yeah I did have to yeah I had to definitely take some lessons I downloaded Duolingo first I thought geez I can't carry on like this so um yeah that was that was a lot of fun for sure we had the rehearsals in Milan in Italy and then we flew over to Saint-Tropez to do the the Mm. contract so yeah that was a really good start to my career um after I finished that contract I was on such a high and I thought what what now you you do a six-month contract you're like okay Mm. now I guess I'll look for my next job which might come tomorrow might come in another three months it might never come Mm. Uh, so that's when I started my company Live from London which um, supplies entertainment for events Mm -hmm. in between contracts I've been lucky enough to keep that going and have that and do different events in London Mm. and around uh, while I not wait but while I uh, (laughs) my contracts have have I have been quite lucky that they've come around quite fast but in between it's been nice to be able to have that going and Mm. uh, keep it going while I'm still performing myself yeah that's been really great. You you were so young when you set up your company. Both of you are super entrepreneurs. 
<laughs> yeah, I think that comes from uh, probably our background and our upbringing. Our dad mm-hmm. is like that, and uh, we followed on. I think our brother started, and then I think it runs in the family. If Sophie started, then I mm. wanted in on the on the own business type thing. So, yeah, it's definitely mm. a family sort of a feel to that as well. Yeah, yeah, along with our family motto, which is persistent. So, <laughs> all of our companies are still running with that motto in mind. I think. Um, our brother he's running a a tennis coaching business in Hertfordshire so is he I was going to ask actually yeah Yeah. and it's been a bit quiet but we'll talk about that in a bit so so Bethany if you could could talk to us more about the Parisian cabaret was that just cancelled because of the pandemic and you had to come back yeah exactly so Mm. I was still performing up until I think it was early March and there were a few cases of COVID around the world. And then I think it came a bit closer to home. I think it came to Belgium. Mm. And um, I didn't actually initially think anything of it. I thought, oh, yeah, that sounds like a media hype thing. You know, it will pass probably. I won't give it, I won't stress about it too much. Mm. And then I remember receiving the email from our work saying tonight we're going to have to, we can't open because one of the delivery drivers has been in contact with someone with COVID. I thought, oh, gosh. It's affecting me firsthand. Wow, mm. I didn't I didn't think this would escalate like that. Mm. So that was the first time where it uh, came into, not into contact with me, but the first time it affected mm. me. So we had one show closed. They said, don't worry, we'll be opening um, in, a, in a week, I think a week or two weeks. And then that time came and we had another email to say we'd have to cancel again. We can't reopen. And then it will shut down with that's when France went into lockdown they went Mm. into lockdown a bit before us Mm -hmm. so I was I was still in Paris at the time and Macron made uh, his announcement saying they were thinking about closing the borders and I thought yeah don't don't really want to be um in, in stuck in Paris in my apartment by myself for that so I jumped on a plane they put the ticket prices right up just just for everyone to you know hop back over um and yeah I came back to Norfolk uh where my parents live and I thought I'd just sit it out you know for a month or also, but yeah, that that extended quite quite a bit. <laughs> didn't realise, yeah, we are. Didn't realise it would go on for now a year, but um, that's yeah, that's what that ha- happened with that one. Yeah, everybody's story is slightly different, but we're all connected mm. in that way. We've all, yeah, we've all just stopped. And I'm guessing, Bethany, you weren't furloughed or anything. Being in the arts, you just got did the contract end. How does it work? Yeah, so. It was kind of placed on hold until further notice, which is not the greatest, yeah, not the greatest situation. And then eventually that it's a bit of a different system in, in France. But yeah, basically the contract was just on hold, uh, no furlough situation or anything like that. Mm. So, yeah. And one more question about it. Of course, all the dance mm-hmm. studios are closed, so you have to practice and keep healthy and super fit at home. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think at the start of um, this all, there mm. was a huge hype. Uh, everyone was doing online classes. You know, everyone was offering for them, them for free just to make like a community kind of feel in the dance industry. Everyone mm. was sharing their knowledge and different uh, repertoire from different companies, different shows and things. And it was really um, it was really exciting at the beginning, seeing what everyone was doing. Mm, it was. Mm. And, but just like 
you lovely lot. You didn't sit there for very long then, Bethany, did you? You decided to just, you've opened up how many more companies? Or One, the main one we're going to talk about, but I've got here that you run an you ran or run an after school club and the talent agency as well. Yeah, so actually the um, the after school club that was happening also pre-COVID, I built uh, quite a large database of schools around the country. I had about 25 schools and teachers working at the different schools. And just one by one, every school phoned up and said, yep, we're closing or yeah, we're cancelling after school clubs until further (laughs) notice. And then they just all (laughs) dropped off overnight, which was, yeah, just added to the the injury really. But um, yes, moving on from that, during the pandemic, we noticed that there's a huge kind of hub of uh, talented children. As we know, when we grew up, we did loads of dance competitions. We're Mm. doing all of them. Such a huge kind of uh, fun thing and quite serious. It's fun. They have fun, but the parents and the kids take it really seriously. Mm. Uh, I think because it was our mum's idea to try doing it online. And at the time I thought, yeah, okay, <laughs> doing a dance competition online, that's unheard of. So we did it. <laughs> and our, our first competition that we had, we had over 400 entries from these kids all around the world, not only just from England. Mm. Uh, we had some from America, from Italy, from where was the most random one? Trying there was to think. Russia and then there was like Russia, Belgium, Belgium yeah. yeah, Poland. Um, yeah, all over the, the, world. the Russian dance school, they did this really cute video of them creating their dance pieces for the competition. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, so we had yeah a huge uptake and we've been running them monthly ever mm. since. Uh, that's been, the, the kids have enjoyed it, the parents have enjoyed it, they've enjoyed working towards something, you know, usually they'd be working towards their show or doing the competitions mm. in real life on, on stage and it's been a nice substitute for that um, to keep them busy and have a have a bit of excitement while they're in the same situ- situation as us, really mm. not being able to get on the stage and mm. do what they enjoy doing. Norfolk lifestyle. Some point you had uh, a yeah. spare half an hour, I assume, and thought that you might. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sophie, I'm going to talk to you about it in a second. But but Bethany, how did it start? Was did you start them together simultaneously, but in, in different counties on purpose, or how did it all happen? Um, yeah, it was a similar kind of time. I think Sophie did start first. I thought it would be nice. Yeah. We had an idea of a lot of people um, taking advantage of the situation by trying something new, like, you know, pubs who would never do takeaway, for example, doing takeaway. Or um, I think I saw this morning a Norfolk pilot started his own rum company, making his own rum. Wow. Everyone, you know, was just branching out. Yeah, I'll try that one. Everyone was kind of branching out and um, making making the best of a, of a situation that was challenging. Mm. Um, and it was so amazing to find all these businesses in kind of have them in one place. So every time I'd see something, I'd share it on my page and then I'd have, you know, local followers, everyday people who don't have a business just wanting to find the same kind of thing. And eventually people were messaging us to say, oh, can you post our business on your page? And they were coming in thick and fast. Everyone was everyone was messaging. You'd have about 10 a day, everyone messaging, can you please post wow. this on our page? We actually couldn't even keep up. There was just a huge, queue, no, <laughs> a huge queue of uh, people wanting to just have a, a post on our page. So mm. that's when we decided to turn it into 
something bigger. Mm. Mm. Which, um, Sophie, you can pick up in a minute, but I'm very aware of the fact that we haven't actually talked properly about the London Ballet Company and how that all began. Sophie, take it from here. Tell us all about it. <laughs> sure. Uh, so back in 2010, soon after graduating from mm. Rombert School, I decided to be a bit more in control of my future because all of the uncertainty of when are you going to get your next contract and dance job, mm. um, I, I just didn't like that feeling so much. And I thought, how do I sort that out so I can uh, <laughs> have a more secure and controlled future um so i decided to gather some recent graduates that were in my year and some other friends that i'd met along the way and um, we started training and rehearsing together in a church hall Mm -hmm. um which was the beginnings of the london ballet company and studio space um especially for a recent graduate is like gold dust for us Mm. um it's expensive and limited so we really enjoyed that time together so after a lot of persistence and with a tremendous support from the family i've worked on and expanded upon the company over the years Mm. and developed lots of new branches from the TLBC tree. So the company sector for professional dancers who have all gone through this training that we've been talking about, um, that section we create shows together for theatres and uh, we create them as a team and we perform them in theatres and at venues across the the country and also abroad. And then we also have other branches of the tree. So we've got intensive programmes for summer holidays for young aspiring dancers. Mm -hmm. I've got a ballet school for younger children in Wimbledon in London. Um, so that's the, the hobby where you go a few times a week and enjoy dancing around in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I've got an associates programme as well for the company. So this is for the the talented dancers that are handpicked through auditions that I hold. Mm-hmm. And they all join. They're from all over the country, also from Ireland and Scotland and Wales, mm-hmm. actually. Um, and they fly over or <laughs> train or drive, whichever means they need to, to get to London at uh, the BBO headquarters in Wandsworth. And we train together once a month mm-hmm. on a Sunday um, and they they also get a chance to perform with the London Ballet Company artists so it's a really great opportunity for them to to see and mm-hmm. when I was younger I'd be like, oh my god those older dancers are so mesmerizing I wish I could like touch them and dance with them mm-hmm. um, that yeah. opportunity I suppose for them to be in the same studio as mm-hmm. professional dancers it's a really exciting thing yeah um, and then I also especially even more so now um do a lot of coaching for young again talented dancers uh, at the moment all via Skype um online it still mm. works <laughs> um so yeah I do private coaching as well mm. um so so we've got some lovely patrons for the company we've got basement jacks of course after my amazing experience once in a lifetime opportunity with them Simon and Felix they're just wonderful mm. um so positive as well I love their attitude uh, we've got lovely Sarah Wilder from Royal Ballet Principal. Uh, We've got Thomas Sankster, who's an actor, famous actor. Mm. Yeah, funnily enough, uh, Thomas uh, Brady Sankster's mother um, is a wonderful ballet dancer and she's a teacher now. And we we were lucky enough to have Tasha Bertram uh, teach the London Ballet Company professional dancers Mm. um, from time to time. And she also performed in our shows. production called poppy which is based on world war one mm. um she was the grandma in that production anyway her son is thomas Brody sangster and uh, we were lucky enough to get that contact through her 
And we've got Susan Delgetti Ezra, who's the chair of the London Ballet Circle. And we've got Sarah Durrant, who was the head of the Hammond School where Bethany went. Mm-hmm. Steve Alias, a BBC TV presenter and choreographer. So we've got a lot of lovely support from mm. massive icons in this world um, and all sort of can relate to the London Ballet Company in some way because they're, they're in the performing arts sector, um, which is really nice. Mm. And the ballet company is still operational, Sophie, or, or, or are you closed at the moment? Well, you have to be closed, I guess. Well, we can't practice or create together in a studio. We're not allowed to go in a studio. So unfortunately, all of my dancers are finding ways to be uh, keeping fit and active mm. and not bored at home at this really trialling time. Um, so no, we're, we're unable to perform. Um, we had a slight gap back in the October half term. It was just before the second lockdown was mm, announced mm. and um, everything was easing off. So October half term, we managed to do a performance, a virtual performance. So it's live online with our associates. And we did that in the amazing Olympic Park at Studio Wayne McGregor. Mm. Um, so that was the last time we were able to perform together to what looked like a telephone, but everybody was watching <laughs> behind <laughs> that screen. Um, and that was a live performance. Uh, and then since then, we've been locked down. So we're, we're all stuck at home. But and- we've got a date now, Sophie, haven't we? We're working towards what? what is your, what, when can you reopen? Well, we're really looking forward to getting back into the studio after the the 12th of April Mm. um, to get our associates back together again, to get our company artists back together again, because we've got a new show to produce. Mm. We've got lots to do. We were meant to perform um, and create a show this part of the year, actually. So that's all been put on hold. But hopefully from April, we'll be back together in the studio and um, get creating our next production for uh, perhaps June time. Fantastic. Um, So that's very exciting that Mm. that there's the end of the tunnel finally. I know, it feels like that, doesn't it? Finally. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Quick question, what is Yo Ballet, not Yo Sushi? (laughs) Not Yo Sushi. I love sushi, but not Yo Sushi. Um, Yo Ballet is, it's inspired by ballet, of course, and yoga. Mm. So the the motto or slogan, I suppose, is uh, strength in the body and mind combined. Mm So we use a lot of the, the breathing uh, from yoga, because uh, that's pretty essential for the, the hardcore exercises that go with uh, the strengthening of the muscles for mm. ballet. So it's um, strength training for the muscles that we need for ballet um, with the yoga breathing. Um, Beth's done done a few of those sessions before, and um, I don't know what you've got to say about it, Beth, but it's a, uh, it's a challenge. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> you definitely feel the muscles working, shall we say. <laughs> definitely get your sweat on once or twice as well it's really it's really good for there's different kind of challenges I guess for you can do it for the younger ones and also for professionals so it's really Mm. adaptable it's also for um non-dancers actually as well with tennis uh, players with footballers um it's just a really good training program Mm. yeah no one ever wants to admit it but ballet is the key for a lot of uh, athletic sports like football and, and tennis and mm. some professional um, football clubs do make their chaps go for some ballet classes yeah and uh, rugby I've seen um, yeah I've seen lots of things like that mm. it, it's really popular it's really really good for the body mm. those muscles 
Sophie, obviously you also do so many different things, but just decided as well to start Suffolk Lifestyle with Beth. Yeah, I did indeed. So during lockdown and with the theatres closed and no rehearsals able to take place, I wanted to see what's out and about mm. in the lovely Suffolk area. Mm. Um I'm now living in Suffolk and I've been here for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. My husband, Howard, he grew up here in Suffolk and with a little one that was on the way, we thought that our cosy flat in in Wimbledon just wasn't going to cut the mustard. (laughs) Um, And uh, we we love the idea of country living with children anyway, I think. So so here we are in sunny Suffolk Mm -hmm. and um, therefore in lockdown took to Instagram and was just astounded with how many businesses there are out there the independent and local ones Mm. in in Suffolk Mm. Um, and it became a really fun hobby actually to explore these businesses because I don't know Instagram I I wasn't a big Instagrammer before this actually Mm. Bethany was a bit more the Instagrammer and uh, showed me the ropes and I was like how do I find these businesses I I didn't actually have any idea so she was telling me what to do hashtag this and hashtag that Um, and uh, so I was finding all of these lovely local independent businesses and I just loved buying from them (laughs) lovely pleasure and uh, then so I created the Suffolk lifestyle page Um, and soon after, as Beth said, um, I had a, a flourish of all these local businesses contacting me and uh, asking to be featured on the page. Mm. Um, because I think, well, it was an amazing reaction. And um, I just thought I wanted to get into it much, much more after that. Mm. Um, I think so many um you get so many challenges of running your own business uh, there's so many challenges along the way and you you need that support um to help you uh, i I've, I've been there so many times um when it's just me running a business solo on my own it can feel quite lonely actually um when you're like okay what do i need do who do i turn to and of course my family's been there and amazing but um it's also lovely to get other business minds and like-minded people and get their ideas and thoughts as well Mm -hmm. and and that's why setting up the nns lifestyle um has been really important to to make other local independent business owners feel connected with one another Mm. um and we're, we're there to support each other at the end of the day and help each other grow um and that's that's what we really love about it because Mm. we've been through with all our uh, different businesses growing them uniquely and independently it's hard work and you just want that support Mm. no I can believe well uh, Mark and I have a similar situation and um, we've worked really hard at at, um, well supporting businesses too and um, coming up with the your platform is lovely I tell everyone to go and have a look at it (laughs) no there are many of them Right. So one can come across a sea of information websites, but this is much more than that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The website's just got got them all there. It's it's again, it's hard because Instagram is a great platform, but to have a a website where you can just click on, okay, what do I want to look at today? Mm. I will go on arts and crafts or I'll go on what we're all dreaming about holidays and it's just so much easier I think to see it on the big screen on the web as opposed to Instagram there's a lot of scrolling um, mm. and it's and it's great for the individual posts but if you're looking for something in particular then our website the NNS lifestyle is where you need to to get to to just find exactly what you're looking for. Mm. It's a pleasure to look at too you feel very comfortable it's it I don't know it oozes quality but it, and it's very inclusive of so many different types of businesses as well. 
it's expanding by the day really mm. i was um literally um just before our our chat talking to uh, somebody who produces ice cream so i'm excited to get another section up for that <laughs> <laughs> um bethany instagrammer extraordinaire <laughs> what are your plans for today and when you know when everything gets back to normal Mm. So eventually, we have started uh, doing holding events um, on Zoom at the moment. Uh, but eventually, we're really wanting to hold events in real life, um, get businesses to hold workshops, for example, mm-hmm. um, whether it be, you know, candle making or a yoga class altogether or, yeah, mm-hmm. anything cake decorating, I thought of as well. Um We'd really like to do that in real life. And I, I think we've already said this pretty much, but when we come out of lockdown, I, this is when your everything really pulls together, basically. People will need yeah. to reconnect like they've never reconnected before. And you're perfectly <laughs> placed for it, Sophie. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, once we can all get back to a, a new sense of normal, um, mm. we've got some incredible plans to expand the business model and into the, the physical business events, as Bethany was saying, um, which we, we just can't wait to see people and just chat with them face to face. It's so nice. Um, we've, we've just got, yeah, so many plans up our sleeves. Um, we just... Yeah, we need more hours of the day, basically. It's exciting. It's because you guys have always worked from seven in the morning till midnight. You just can't pack enough in. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's been wonderful to talk to you both. Thank you so much. Bethany, can you just give us the website and your Instagram pages? Yes, absolutely. So our website is www.nandslifestyle.co.uk. And our Instagrams, mine is Norfolk underscore lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, life's, Norfolk lifestyle was taken. <laughs> Sophie's is Suffolk lifestyle, <laughs> all one word. If anyone owns Norfolk lifestyle, I'm willing to take that. I'd like to get rid of that underscore. <laughs> right. Anyone out <laughs> <So> there? Yes, <laughs> Norfolk, <laughs> Norfolk <laughs> underscore lifestyle and Suffolk lifestyle. lifestyle. Okay. Um, <laughs> thank you so much to both of you. Thank you so much, Susanna, for for having us on your show. It's um, so lovely that we were able to get this opportunity with you. So we really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for organising this. It's been really great. Well, it's been lovely to get to know you. And hopefully, like you just said, we'll see you for real at some point. <laughs> oh, that would be nice, face to face. Wow. Yes, please. <laughs> OK, bye bye now. Thanks. Bye now. Thanks for listening to The Suffolk Pod Show. Find us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Or you can visit our website, podtalk.co.uk. And here's our disclaimer. The Suffolk Pod Show will not be held responsible for any omissions or errors in its podcast. The Suffolk Pod Show is produced purely for entertainment purposes. Views and opinions are that of our own or that of our guests.